And it's not actually until you have team members thriving in their different areas and being so productive and effective at what they do that you realize, oh my gosh, I should have been thinking about these things in terms of hiring and being a good leader way, way sooner. Well, today is going to be an episode for the both of us. One thing I continually look at and worry about is how I am showing up as a leader to my team. So if this is you and you are wondering how you can be a better leader for your team, then this is an episode for you. So let me give a little background before I dive into this. I founded The Draw Shop in 2009 with my co-founder. And in 2019, I took over the company and I bought him out and it was all on great friendly terms. In fact, we're still great friends. But during our 10 years together, we led together and we leaned on each other. So where I was weak, he was strong and vice versa. And when I took over it was now on me to lead my team, all on me. So I had this pressure of really needing to be on my game, not only to reassure them that, hey guys, we've got this together, we're in this together, but also that I've got them and that we're going to do great things. But then came 2020 and as you know, it's been quite a year and there have been a heck of a lot of challenges that have really called for strong leadership. I mean, you always need strong leadership, right? But especially when things are wonky and unpredictable. And something that is always at top of mind for me is how I show up for my team. And I always worry about this, especially as we grow the team. I want to make sure that we are connected and feeling strong and good and empowered. And I really, I really do love that at the draw shop, we are a boutique business. So in-house, we have a team that is just under 15. And beyond that, we, we have extensions of the team that are our contractors and help in, in various areas of the business. And while we communicate on a daily basis, they're not in the actual office as the other team members, but they are still very much a part of the team. And I want to make sure that I am showing up for all of them because I am someone who has the love language of wanting to feel appreciated. I never want to drop the ball on my team feeling that way and as well as feeling empowered. But I know that I'm far from perfect and it's going to happen. You know, when you've, when you've got that many people, you sometimes drop the ball. So most of the team is, is in Utah and I'm in San Diego. So yes, we have Zoom and all kinds of technology to stay connected, but there's nothing like being in the same room with these wonderful people and also not being in the same room with them and also not being at the same place as the other people on our team, which is like many businesses today, not just because of COVID and working remotely, but also just because it's the way of the world. There's so much technology, but it means that we have to do more to stay connected. At least that's how I feel. So I try to be there with my team as much as I can. It was 
definitely more challenging this year, but I try to be with them as much as I can, but I still, I still need to do the things that keep, keep the team strong and feeling good. And I've really leaned on my COO who's in the office nearly every day to give me the pulse on where everyone is at, you know, like, are they feeling overwhelmed? Are they frustrated? What do we need to do? And she's incredible at that. But there's still things that I keep thinking about and things that I've done that I feel really great about in terms of being a leader and things that I'm always worried about wanting to improve. And while I know that not everybody is an entrepreneur or even wants to be, I've always wanted to have people on my team who felt empowered to be a leader within their role and within their division That doesn't mean though, that they can just be on a set it and forget it mode. And something that I've really learned is that I have to make sure that even though they are a leader within their role and doing amazing things, I have to make sure that I'm still looking out for them and making sure that they're getting the attention they need so that they can continue to feel fulfilled. It's kind of like your kids. It's like, just because as they get older, they're more capable of doing certain things on their own. Doesn't mean that they're just off on their own. They still need nurturing and things in different ways. And this is really important to me. I think it should be important for every CEO or leader in their business, but it's something that's, that's, really top of mind. And I haven't done things the right way all along, and I'm sure I will continue to keep learning. There's things that I've implemented that do work really well. And there's things that I'm going to be implementing. And I wanted to share all of those things, both the things I have done and the things that I want to do and, and have started to implement in case you're at a place like me where you are thinking about the type of leader you are and how critical it is to the growth of your business. Because I I really do believe that it is. My team is so essential to me. And by the way, even if you don't have an in-house team, or even if it is just you running your business, you probably have some type of support or contractors or somebody that you work with. And I really think that these type things can apply. So let's start with some mistakes. Mistakes I have made in the past were just getting somebody in the beginning at the right price to do the things that I needed to get done. So when I would hire somebody, it was just kind of like a quick conversation. And if I felt that they were fit for the job, I would hire them and be like, okay, cool. This is going to be great. And and that was really all that I did in terms of hiring somebody. And what that ended up doing was creating more work in the end because I wasn't leading right. And I certainly wasn't choosing right. And when I say that, I don't mean that I was choosing somebody that was bad or anything. I just mean that I I wasn't really choosing somebody who could actually thrive in the position that I needed. And it was instead, it was more like, can you do this? Can you do these things? Okay, great. That's good enough. And that all came back to me in, in a hard way as, as a leader. So those were one of the very early, early on lessons back in the first years that my partner and I learned in terms of building a team and leading that team. And it's not actually until 
you have team members thriving in their different areas and being so productive and effective at what they do that you realize, oh my gosh, I should have been thinking about these things in terms of hiring and being a good leader way, way sooner. If you're like me and you're obsessed about your business and and the goals that you have, you probably have idea after idea that you want to get into action. And some of them are so big, like some of your goals might be so big and feel so unrealistic, but you're so gung-ho to make them happen. That's me. So what you're thinking about when you put all these goals into place and you're thinking about your business, you're thinking about, you know, what kind of revenue you're going to hit. You're thinking about all the projects and services and things that you want to be complete and, and launched as soon as possible. And you're just really thinking about the business. And what happens is you get so wrapped up in those things that unfortunately you forget about your team and how much work you've placed on them, how overworked they might be, how frustrated they might get when putting these things into action. And I have been there. I am telling you this because I have done this. And Sadly enough, you might even forget that, hey, guess what? They have their own goals in their personal life and things that they want to do with their family and friends that aren't related to your business. And I'm not saying that you haven't thought about those things, but sometimes as leaders, we get so wrapped up in what our goals are that we do forget what our extremely valuable team members need and have in their own personal lives. So my wish used to be that I, like, if I were to paint this ideal situation, it would be that I could outline the vision that I have and that my team would know exactly how to execute on it. And it would be so clear to everyone what each person needed to do and what their roles would be. And we could just fulfill on that vision. And once I was faced with the challenge of being the sole leader of this business and everything being on me, one of the biggest things that I had to face was that when those things didn't happen, it was my fault. So when something went wrong, it was my fault. (laughs) And so I really wanted to... I really wanted to wave this magic wand and make it so that everybody just knew their parts. When I said like, Hey, here's, here's what I want to do. I really wanted to wave the magic wand and have everything be done. Like imagine how awesome that would be is if you could just wave a magic wand when you had an idea and then all of those things would get put into place, like what would that actually mean for your business? If you could just have an idea, a clear vision, and your team knew exactly how to execute on it, like, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing for your team actually to feel empowered by it and be fulfilled by it? Okay. So now here's where I'm going with this. That actually can happen. That actually can totally happen. And I remember feeling so disappointed that that didn't happen once upon a time when I had ideas and said, hey guys, this is what we're doing. And then things kind of just got so misinterpreted and nobody was clear on anything. Well, like I said, 
there were lessons that I had to learn. I'm still learning and I still want to do, do better. And I'm going to share with you the things that I'm still implementing, but going back to that first thing that I just said a little while ago is that, uh, I had to take responsibility when things didn't go the way I wanted them to. I think I've mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk before on this podcast, and he said something, I think it was years ago, but it hit so hard. He talks about taking responsibility and, and really having to own up to the fact that it's your fault. When something goes wrong, it is your fault. As a leader, it is your fault. And when I first heard it, my initial gut reaction was like, I kind of took offense to it. Like, well, how is it my fault if she did this wrong or he was rude to that customer? How is that my fault? And yet instantly after saying that, it was like, well, obviously it is my fault. So often we can blame the other people on the team. We'll blame the people that we've hired. We'll, we'll blame whatever it is that we are not liking within our business that's happening. We will blame somebody else. When at the end of the day, you are the leader of this crew, all of those things are actually your own fault. Yikes, right? Like that's hard. That's hard to swallow. And it's not something that's meant to be mean or to make anybody feel bad. It's just that when you are a leader, you take on that responsibility of all the things in your company, who you hired, the reason you hired them, if you kept them too long, (laughs) if there's something going on, is it really their fault? It's actually your fault. It's up to you to fix it. And if it's something that can't be fixed, then you've got to get rid of it. There's no one to blame, but you. And if you really want your team members to thrive and do well, well, then it's up to you to give them the opportunity to do that. That is also your responsibility. And if they are not fit to do it, then it's up to you to find the person that can. So I recently talked about micromanaging in an episode and the big takeaway from there was that You have to stop being involved in every single thing and allow your team members to feel empowered and to get strategic and to build things and make decisions on their own. It's all about you allowing them to feel that. And that is part of you being a leader. Part of you being a leader is not to micromanage everything that they do, but it's about empowering them to do that. And that really comes down to how you present what your vision is and what you need and then empower them to help you do that. So when I talked about the magic wand before, that's what I'm talking about here. That can actually happen. It's all about how you present that vision to your team so that it is clear to them how they can execute on it. So really think about the ways that you communicate to your team and is it clear? How are you delegating within your team to the people that can take on those responsibilities? How are you empowering them to know that they are fully capable of being responsible for that area of the business? Something, it's a little embarrassing to say, but I'll, I will I will just say, I only implemented this this year and I'm embarrassed that I only implemented it this year, but it's it's doing quarterly performance reviews. And in the past, when we would review an employee, it just kind of came up when it needed to. Because that employee might mention that it was time to, you know, hey, isn't it time to give me a raise? Or, 
hey, I just need to tell you about something that you might not have noticed and I've been unhappy about for years. Wait, what? Yeah. Embarrassing things like that, that it's like, wait a minute, this should have been brought up way sooner. We should have been talking about these items. And the fact that, you know, they would have to bring it up was embarrassing. And so I implemented quarterly meetings at the beginning of every quarter with every employee. Yes, that doesn't mean that they have to wait till that meeting. They can come to me at any time to present ideas or concerns that they have. But it was also being clear to them to let them know, hey, I want to hear your ideas. I want to hear your concerns. I need to know what you're you're thinking. And I want to have that open door, transparent policy where you can come in and tell me those things. But I also wanted them to know that they had dedicated time that we would be reviewing their performance and concerns on a quarterly basis and where we could set up new goals for the next quarter. And so now they have this dedicated time with myself and my COO to talk about the things that they've done really, really well and ask them what more they would like to do and where they would like to be challenged and it's been incredible. But these are not your, when I say performance reviews, they're not like boring corporate performance reviews. We talk about measurable results in terms of their performance and what they have contributed to the company and where they could improve. We talk about all of those things, but we also talk about them as individual people and what their internal personal goals are and how we can, as a company together, incentivize them to achieve those goals. And for some of them, it is business related. And for some of them, it's health related. And for some of them, it's, it's family related. It's just something that's really important to them as an individual. And then we incentivize them on that. And I can tell you that this has been a life changer for our team. And I think it can be a total life changer for your team. At The Draw Shop, we are known for creating messages that convert, whether it's copy we're writing, video we're producing, or images we are illustrating. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably ready to move the needle in your business. So we created something free for you that you can learn in the amount of time it takes you to drink a half a cup of coffee. It's a 10-minute quick win for your landing pages. And what you will learn when you download this free guide will not only impact the effectiveness of your landing pages, but it's also going to impact the behavior of your visitors and shift the way you market to your audience altogether. So if you're ready to learn what most marketers ignore, how to quickly fix the top reasons people click away from your landing pages, then download your 10-minute quick read now by hitting the link in the show notes for this episode or just heading over to thedrawshop.com forward slash six reasons. That's the number six, thedrawshop.com forward slash six reasons, and you'll be on your way to increasing your site conversion rates and growing your business. Okay, back to the episode. So now I'm going to switch directions really quickly, but only to make a point. I talked about communicating that vision, and if you subscribe to our blog or emails or have followed us for a while, you know that we are huge fans of Cameron Harold. He was on the podcast as well. And his book, Vivid Vision, and that whole process of creating a vision for your company as a CEO and then sharing it with your team is so incredible. And what's so incredible about the process is that it forces you to get super ultra clear so that your team knows what winning looks like for you. And then what you do is you take what those wins look like 
and you can delegate them to the different team members. And what they get to do is then contribute to that bigger vision. And it allows them to feel empowered and part of the team. And the mistake I made as a leader for years was not communicating what that vision was. So it was something that I might've had in my head and maybe wasn't even ultra super clear on until I did this exercise, but it was something I didn't communicate to them. So essentially people were working and doing tasks and doing things for the business, but not really knowing what that bigger picture looked like and, and where we wanted to go. And when we did this exercise, it was years ago that we did it, but it was so crazy to hear from my team members. Like I didn't even know, like I always wondered what the bigger vision for the company was. And it's like, Oh crap. <laughs> you didn't even know where this train was going. Like, how can you feel excited every day? So that was a mistake that I made and something that I really would encourage leaders to do is to have that vision of where your company is going. What are those key metrics you're trying to reach? What is the feeling you want to have? What, what does it look like down to like, what does your office look like? How do people feel when they walk into the office? All of those things. And I'm telling you, it gets your team super pumped up and excited to be a part of that. And it also just helps you get ultra clear as a leader. Again, embarrassing to say that I didn't do that sooner, but I'm better sooner than later. I can, I can tell you that. So creating that vivid vision was, was a huge win, but there's still more. And I have learned to implement some, some new things that, that I'm going to share with you. One thing that I, I have done that I think has been really great is that each week, each month, and each quarter, I will set goals for the team to hit. And when we reach them, there is an incentive as a team. And sometimes there's some in individual incentives. And those are those are great wins for the company that we set out. But back to talking about what do wins look like and how can you outline those wins? We recently just implemented some, some other things that aren't related to the actual dollars or revenue of the business. I mean, maybe in the bigger picture they are, but it's things like, let's get a certain amount of case studies from our clients by the end of the quarter, or let's get a certain amount of testimonials for our clients. And I'm going to incentivize you to, to collect those and do some fun things with them. Sometimes a win is just getting together and doing some type of team, a team building activity. So these are what wins look like for us. Let's accomplish those. And of course it can be launching a new product or service within a certain timeline. That would be a win, or it can be organizing certain aspects of, of the business, whether that's organizing knowledge and data, or maybe it's organizing your actual office. Those are wins. The takeaway here really is that you're creating a list of items that are big wins for the business and also allowing your team to be a part of each of those things. And remember that as you're creating these wins, be clear and concise. That is top of mind to me all the time is to be clear and concise so that people understand this is what this win looks like. This is what this vision looks like. And you want to keep those things top of mind for them. So instead of just outlining, hey, this is a win for the quarter, 
keep them like top of mind, like, Hey, here's where we're at with this. So maybe that's a weekly email to your team. Maybe it's a group text, or maybe you have a Slack channel where you all communicate. However, you all get together and communicate on the regular or at your lunches, whatever it is that you do, keep those things top of mind so that they are wins that you're, you're working towards. It's not something that you've just set and then forgot about. Another thing that's been a huge lesson for me and mostly in this year is Whew, taking a brief, deep breath while I say this. I don't know if I have even reached this level of comfortable yet, but it's uh, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable with confrontation. Whew, that's a mouthful. I don't know if I'll ever be comfortable with it, but it's just being okay with being uncomfortable with confrontation. I can tell you this. I, I know that dealing with conflict is sometimes better suited for other members on my my team who are actually like, I'm fine with it. It's Okay. No one really loves that, right? No one gets that, like, oh, excited about any type of conflict or confrontation. Maybe there's few that do, but I know how uncomfortable it is. And there are certain people that are more talented <laughs> at dealing with it. And I know that as an entrepreneur, oftentimes we are told to really focus on your strengths and to delegate your weaknesses. But let's be honest, no matter how much we organize and structure our life to do the things that we want to do and focus just on the strengths, there's always a certain percentage of things in our life that we have to do that we don't really enjoy doing. And confrontation and dealing with conflict is definitely on my icky, icky, icky list. I actually totally hate doing it. However, being a good leader means that sometimes you're just going to have to suck it up and do it. You're going to have to address the uncomfortable moments. And that first means that you, you have to welcome your team to being open and transparent about the things that bother them. You have to let them come to you. If you have this wall up, like they're too scared to confront you about something, then that's all going to fester. And with our team, there were times I had to swallow the hard pill that some people felt they were, weren't being treated as fairly as somebody else was. They felt like in, in this division, the, the playing field didn't feel fair. And holy crap, that's a wake-up call because I'm all about like, no, I want people to feel that this is equal. You're all being treated fairly. And sometimes we just get so lost in other things that we don't see what's happening at the forefront within the team. But we need our front lines and we need our team to tell us these things. And if you don't deal with these types of issues of conflict, it will come out in a way, it will eventually come out. It will just eventually come out and it's not going to be good. So it is better to be addressed as soon as possible and to let your team know that they can come to you with these things. And this also means listening to my team when, you know, they think of a new service or is a bad idea or a new campaign is not going to be great, or they don't like the way we're promoting something or, Hey, I feel like we're being too pushy in this email, or I feel like we're, we're doing this right, but not that it's uncomfortable stuff because a lot of times when it comes to marketing, it's my ideas. So of course your ego takes a hit, but at the same time, it's necessary. It's so necessary. And it's an awesome thing that your team gets to feel heard. And if there are, you know, team members that maybe have had a disagreement 
Maybe it's caused a rift. Maybe they aren't getting along for whatever reason. Those are times that I know that I need to be a leader and I need to step up and I need to handle it. And there are things, you know, that my COO can definitely handle. And for the most part, she will, because she is a badass like that. But there are things that I also, as the founder of this company, I need to be a big girl and handle myself as much as it sucks. I have to do it. And so what I've learned through this is that even though it feels so uncomfortable, the fact that people get to have a voice within the team and feel heard is so important. And after you have that confrontation and you get through that conflict, you actually will find that you've reached a new level of trust within your team because now they know that they can come to you. They know that you have their best interest and the company's best interest at heart, and those things will be heard. So this might mean that you might not be super likable at all times, but when business needs to be handled, emotions need to step aside. And it can feel cold. And if you're like me, who is a people pleaser and you want everyone to get along, this can feel like you're being super hard. I've always wanted to be the boss who is liked, but at the same time, I don't want to be the boss that can get taken advantage of, or that people feel, oh, she's just going to let anything fly. And this isn't fair. You can still be nice and likable maybe not 100% of the time, but you can still be nice and be firm at the same time. And when I say, you know, you might not be super likable at times, that's what I mean. You might not be super likable. They might not like the way something is going, but in the bigger picture, you are going to be because they know that you're protecting all of them and you're protecting the business and that you you are doing this for, for the better of the entire team. So you can still be likable. You can still be lovely and nice and friendly and there and fun and all of those things, but also still be firm. That is a totally realistic thing. Take it from somebody who's just recently learned this. (laughs) Literally, it took me years to learn. But these things, all of these things that I shared with you are probably the most important things for me that have really proven to keep our team connected. And they're the things that I am still working on, like dealing with confrontation and and dealing with conflict. I'm still learning those things, really listening to my team. We do awesome things together. We do team building activities together. We do book clubs together. We have fun outings and lunches. And especially once we're out of a pandemic, there's even more fun that we implement into our daily life. But those above ideas have really helped me in being a better leader. And I think that they will continue to do so, especially, you know, things like the quarterly performance reviews and letting my team know that their personal goals are equally as important to me. And I want to incentivize them to achieve those. So you may have something similar. Hopefully some of these things have actually sparked up some ideas for yourself with, within your business. And I really just want to add one more thing as a powerful closer. And it's, it's a big thing that has worked really, really well when I've done it, it's actually flopped when I haven't. 
And so I have my wake-up calls to make sure that I am back at it. And really what that is, is doing what you say you will do. So if you say you're going to do it, do it. Mean what you say and say what you mean. And really what this just comes down to is integrity. If you have told your team that you would do something, then stick to it and do it. They're looking up to you to follow through. And if you can't get it done, don't forget about it. Let them let them know. Have integrity. It feels so awful when you say you're going to do something and then you don't follow through. But it feels so good to be accountable and to have integrity and to follow through with that thing. And if you can't, it's okay. Be open and honest about it. Those are my tips for you in terms of being a better leader. I'm still working at this myself, so I'm with you if you are still working at this. And I really hope that this was helpful. Thank you so much for listening. And I believe that if you have listened to the entirety of this episode, your team will thank you as well for listening. Real quick before I go, have you left me a rating and a review yet? I want to make sure that I keep bringing you more of the topics you want to hear. So will you do me a favor and head on over to wherever you're listening on this podcast and let me know what you thought about this episode. Just scroll to the bottom, click on how many stars, five would be amazing, and then click write a review. Oh, and when you do, you'll be entered to win a $500 gift card to the draw shop that I will choose on the first Monday of every month.